and welcome back to Culture Cubes. I'm Renee Rhodes. I'm here with Larry Zoll. We are here from Tour Guide Games presenting this podcast. And we are doing a long-term deep dive into team culture. Specifically right now, we are looking at how games can help teams. And for this episode, looking to answer the question, what if I am not a gamer? That's a tough one. It is a tough one, but I'd, I'd like to kind of start off a little bit easier, something we've talked about in past episodes. Why can other team building activities be hard to get into? Team building activities can be hard to get into regardless of what they are or who you are or who your teammates are because people like different things. Plain and simple, right? Not everybody likes trivia. Not everybody likes ropes courses. Not everybody likes mixology courses. It's it's really difficult, especially you know, especially if these are things that you're trying to organize from an HR perspective to do things that's going to maximize the number of people who enjoy the activities that are arranged because people are different. So it's one of the things that, that we have put a lot of thought and uh, thought and energy into. And one of the terms I come back to often is barrier for entry. And it can be very difficult when you are facing a team building activity with a high barrier for entry. Say something like a high ropes course. If you have a fear of heights, it can be very difficult to overcome that barrier of entry. Um, if you are not uh, an athletic person, something like a, a team volleyball game can feel like a very high barrier of entry. And one of the things we try to do with tour guide games is lower that barrier of entry so that it is easier for someone to step over and much less of a hurdle. So to zoom out after that that question, how did you get into games, Larry? <laughs> um, I have a long and, and long and complicated history with games. I mean, you know, the for for me, I I'd, I'd always played all kinds of games growing up, whether it was like Magic the Gathering or Monopoly every year with my friends at Thanksgiving, which we played for a long time. Um, <laughs> uh, games have always been a big part of my life. And when the pandemic hit, this is part of the reason I started Tour Guide, when the pandemic hit and lost the ability to to play games with people on a regular basis, I, I needed something to, to sort of fill that, that void. Yeah, my partner and I have some good two-person games, and I'm grateful for those because they did entertain us a lot during the pandemic but also even now trying to connect with people in in a, a larger group setting games are just such a, a fantastic element and something that we can do long distance i mean we can uh, set up a, a game night really easily with our, our friends in new york city or in austin texas and just plan to have that quality time yeah for me i for a very long time, didn't think I would be into games. I don't know why. I think I just always, I was that person who thought, well, I'm not, I'm not that kind of nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm a nerd, but I'm not that kind of nerd. And I think that a lot of that was kind of from a, a misunderstanding of, of what games are and how versatile and diverse in range they can be. And also just a misunderstanding of what the expectations were from me as a player. I was thinking, 
you know, hopping into something like Dungeons and Dragons, which I'd really only seen about on TV as the game the nerds play, I was very intimidated. And I, th I think I had this big expectation that I needed to be good right out the gate. I needed to know what I was doing. I needed to, like, have an understanding of all of my abilities and weapons and everything. It took a long time to kind of break down those expectations. But as time has gone on, I have discovered other games like the ones we use with Tour Guide that are, are much easier to get started with, much easier to uh, navigate, and are, are much less intimidating. Again, bringing down that barrier of entry so that it is as little a hurdle as possible. I think part of the challenge is that there is there's a really wide gap between games like Scrabble and Monopoly and yes. Dungeons and Dragons and like Warhammer where like people like they go out and they spend thousands of dollars and they build all these things and right and there's there's this huge this huge I mean series genre whatever of games in the middle where you know there's there's lots of creativity and there's lots of um uh there there's lots of uh variation and lots of different um ways of playing games that most people don't really think about on a regular basis so typically when when i hear somebody say i'm not a gamer they're either talking about video games um and saying oh I, you know i don't i don't do video games well okay well neither do we that's okay um but you know, even even thinking about oh, I'm not a video for, uh, gamer from a video game standpoint. You know, there, there's still that there's 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 a huge spectrum of games that I think a lot of people don't think about. Um, so it's it's when when I hear it, it's oh, they're thinking about video games or they're thinking about um, they're thinking about really complex games um, that require a lot of time and energy and effort to really get into. And there's a don't get me wrong, there's a ton of those. You know, one of my best friends literally has a basement full of them like library shelves that move back and forth and his basement is full of them and like you have to be a certain type of person to get it to to say yes i'm a gamer like that but everybody as far as i'm concerned everybody likes telling stories right everybody likes to hear stories everybody likes to um everybody likes to 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 share know with their with their friends and be a part of something and when we're talking about gaming that's that's what we're talking about you know it's it's it, to, to your point you know these these hurdles these barriers to entry they are they 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 can seem very very high you know but once you start to get a better understanding of you know the types of experiences we're talking about they shrink very very fast you know we're, we're not talking about pages of rules we're not talking about tons of set pieces or 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 you know 15 bit different button combinations on your controller right we're talking about sharing a story with your friends sharing a story so sharing a story with your coworkers um and that really reduces the barrier to entry to a pebble on the floor you know it's mm -hmm. it's not about it's not about rules it's about experience and i think it's worth mentioning you know you you talked a little bit about video games again we don't do video games but there's a range of video games too and something like candy crush or sudoku on your phone you may not consider to be a a gamer activity but it is a game and it is it is a game you're playing if you enjoy that 
it it doesn't make you less of a gamer. It just makes you a different kind of gamer and have different enjoyments. I would say this is a little bit of a tangent, but at the start of the pandemic, uh, we did get my mom into video games, my brother and I, kind of unintentionally. She'd had COVID uh, the month before everything kind of shut down. And so she'd already made it through her entire Netflix backlog and didn't know what to do when she was in quarantine. And so uh, my brother let her borrow uh, his Nintendo Switch and she got started on her first long form video game. And it took a while to like find out which game she would like. There are a massive number of games out there. And it's the same with the games that we play. We have We've picked games that have very low barriers of entry, that are very easy to learn, that don't need experience or preparatory work to them beyond on our end at, at Tour Guide. But these are, are, are games that we hope can reach people who may not have found their favorites yet, who may not have been able to try them, who may not have uh, who may not know what they enjoy. You don't have to consider yourself a gamer to enjoy a game. That's a really, I really like what you said there, where you said um, you didn't, you don't know what, people don't know what kind of games they enjoy or their favorites yet, right? Because there's, there's, there's a, there's a ton of different ways to approach gaming, like you said, and um, a ton of different types of games. And, and if we can help a couple people figure out what types of games they, they do enjoy, you know, while we're helping them um, be better teammates and while we're helping helping companies be the best teams they can be, then, hey, that's just that's just an added bonus, right? Um, because there's nothing stopping people from playing any of the games that we play outside of the work that we're doing because the games that we're playing are fun regardless of the situation. That's why we're playing them. And, you know, some people may like the puzzles that they're presented with in, throughout the story. Some people might just like acting out interactions with other characters or or uh, scenarios. There is a little bit of something for everyone in, in games like this because you can appeal to all of those different facets in the same game, in the same scenario. Yeah, absolutely. So don't leave us hanging, Renee. What was your mom's favorite game? Oh, she still loves Breath of the Wild, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild very, very much. But she's branched out. She's played God of War and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. She still struggles with boss battles, but I am incredibly proud of my gamer mom, who has now converted her entire study into her gaming room. <laughs> That's excellent. I'm impressed. <laughs> so for a last question of today, how can games still help people who don't consider themselves gamers. I think we've already touched on that a lot. I mean, ultimately what I think it comes down to is helping people communicate. I think just to continue what we were talking about earlier, games help people in a ton of different ways. And what we're really focused on is helping people use imagination, help pe helping people use a shared story to improve the way that they work with people that they see and talk to every day. You know, there, there's the intentionality of collaboration and communication um, is, is really at the core of, of what we help people accomplish. Um, and if you don't think you're a gamer, that's fine, but you can tell a story. I mean, everybody's got to tell stories for one reason or another. And if you do it with a framework, if you do it with bumpers on it, then 
Congratulations, you just played a game. You played a game. You don't have to be a gamer, but you've played a game. Well, thank you so much, Larry, for talking with me about the nuance of uh, the gamer label. As we go further into this podcast, we expect to have a number of interviews and, again, further deep dives into gamification in the workplace, uh, into the pillars of culture building. And we will be back with all of that uh, throughout the year of 2023. Thank you so much for joining and listening to this podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Larry.